Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up, it's Man's Minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up, it's Man's Minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up, it's Man's Minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up, it's Man's Minute. It's the place to keep aware of the latest news and current affairs. Current affairs. Listen up now, it's Man's Minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up now, it's Man's Minute, Man's Minute. Welcome, world. Welcome to another episode of Man's Minute. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the listens. I'm glad to see that they're going up. Want to introduce my co-host Reese is in the building. Yo, I'm in the house. What's good, everybody? Also, my special guest slash co-host, Mark Miller, is also in the building. Hey, what's happening? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, pimps. What y'all doing? Yeah. I'm chilling, I'm doing well. It's doing Sunday. Well. It's Sunday. You know, we had a good Saturday. So, you know, I'm just chilling, trying to end this weekend on a high note. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. I've been chilling. Yeah, me too. Having a pretty good weekend. My uh, youngest son from my first marriage just came back out. He's over here and at the house right now, getting ready to start work with me Monday. Nice. Okay. That's good. Yeah, That's man. Awesome. All right. Well, this is a 2.0 episode. Uh, only you two know what I'm talking about. Hello, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technical <laughs> <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> What we're going to do is, uh, so y'all, since y'all already know basically the, the story I want to tell, um, I'm going to let one of y'all segue it in. All right. Well, you know, we uh, we generally have these little uh, interviews, so to say. We had Mark Miller do the first one, and he talked about his experience uh, in the criminal justice system. And today we got our host, Man, Man Hart. He's going to let us know his little story. All right. That sounds good. Experience, experience is the best teacher. Right, right. This is, uh, this is going back to 1990-91, around that time. Good year. I'll tell you that. 1990s. Yeah. And um, see, this is like one of my, one of my stints in uh, the county detention center in Arlington, Virginia. Um, the, like, uh, well, on some background, you know, I used to hang with some pretty rough dudes, you know, some, some gang member type dudes. And we would go out to Arlington to a spot called the Valley and basically sell drugs. We coke, you know, whatever we could get off out there. You know, it was a pretty good spot, made a lot of money. But, you know, giving background about myself, I, at that point in my life, I wasn't, you know, like one of the most affluent Affluent, uh, I don't even know the word. Affluent, affluent niggas in the hood, you know what I'm saying? I was, you know, uh, dealing with a drug habit, you know, secretly, and uh, you know, a, a lot of turmoil that led up in my life. So I was uh, basically a follower at that point. I was following these guys, I would go out there and make money, help them make money, a little chunk change myself, and I ended up in a situation where. I was at a carryout with uh, one of my buddies at the time. 
And uh, he and this guy got into a heated argument inside the chariot. I don't even remember what it was about. They just got to beefing with each other. And me being the extra friend that I was back then, I wasn't about to let one of my friends just rumble nobody. I'm jumping in too. So I run over and just punched the dude in the face. And that started the, the jump, basically, because it was me and him against that one dude. And we beat him down real bad in, in the store. So, you know, when the police, we hear the sirens coming, my buddy runs out the store. He's smart. He all ass out the store. I'm acting like I'm playing a video game over there. And uh, the dude is just standing there looking bewildered, though. So the police pull him outside. And as I try to creep off, they stop me. Because, you know, everybody knows I was in it, but nobody's saying nothing yet. They stopped me and asked him, was I a part of it? Did I attack him in any way? And they, he said no. So I walk off. They let me go. I walk off, go about a block and a half away, and then the police just come from every intersection <laughs> surround me in the middle of the street. So guns drawn, I get taken into cuffs, and they say, yeah, he changed his mind. He said you were one of the guys. So I end up in Arlington County Detention Center uh, in the processing unit. You know, uh, normally it would take, like I say, one to two days for you to get processed. Then you go upstairs to one of the floors, depending on what your charge is know how whatever classification they give you so but you have the ability if you don't cooperate with them then they keep you down there longer they look at it as a punishment but in my mind i was looking at it like the longer i stay down here then the more time they give my people to go ahead and just get me a bond and get me the fuck out you know what i'm saying so you know at that time uh i had a bond when i first got there it was like 1500 i think and uh, going to the, the bond reduction out there, they knocked it all the way down to 500. So I just know I'm getting out. I had been there like three days at that point. So uh, I'm waiting on my family to put the money together and I'm not getting no responses when I'm calling people. So I, I just came to the realization that they was just going to leave me there until my court date. Yeah. So I, I sat in the motherfucker for nine months and I don't, I don't remember where the money came from, but I had I was waiting on some money during that time. I think I had done some work for somebody. So during the course of that time, it came and I got out. You know, they paid my bond like nine months later. I got somebody to pay my bond for me. And so I'm out. But during the course of that stay, I'm, I'm far. I'm sorry I'm moving too fast. While I was there, uh, on one of the, uh, I didn't get my bond fast enough. So I'm, I'm feeling some type of way. I ended up saying, fuck it, and letting them classify me. And I go up to uh, the, their general pop floor. I was on the general pop floor at first. So I'm on general population floor, and I'm clicking up with the D.C. dudes in there because they, like, carried themselves differently. You know, the rest of the Virginia dudes and other dudes in there, they, they would line up in a different, like, fashion. Like, say we go to Chow. All the D.C. niggas are lined up on the left side. Everybody else is up on the right. So since I'm from that area and I'm clicking up with them, I'm lining up with them. So, yeah. you know, we get out of child, we go on about our business. So this particular day, I'm like one of the last dudes to get my child. And when I go up to get my child, one of the dudes in the other line yells out, I wouldn't let that D.C. nigga get in front of me like that. And that's kind of like basically challenging me. So... Yeah. I, you know, I turn around, I'm like, who the fuck you talking to? You know, you like, you motherfucker, like that. I, I, I put my cake down, I put my uh, tray down, grab my cake off it while I'm doing that. He, he's saying, lock in, start running up to his room. He was on the second tier in Jam Pop. So I bit my cake and I ran up there right behind him. He was already in the room when I got there. So I get in the room, man, open the door, 
And this dude just takes it back to when you're 12 years old. Like, you know, yeah. Just yeah. start fighting as soon as we get in the room. I, I go in the room. This dude runs up and, like, pushes his shoulder in, into my chest. Like, you know how little kids push their shoulders up mm-hmm. against each other until one of them gets mad enough to swim yeah. or something. Well, he on some shit like that. I'm like, I looked at him. I said, man, you a bitch. I just <laughs> Just pushed his ass into the corner, man. I started stomping him and punching him and kicking. Him. I, had, I might have blood flying out of everywhere. Fucking with that nice. dude. So, well, yeah. The police grabbed me up. They take both of us to the hole, and you know they got us. They in Arlington County down in there, a little hole. They got a uh, this long ass mirror that stretches the whole length of the hallway, and every uh, you know isolation cell you can see into him from that mirror like if i'm looking next i can see the one on my right and my left and he's in the cell right beside me this motherfucker crying and, and begging me to, to, to let it go uh you know squash the beef dog squash i'm like no nah, you shouldn't have never tried me nigga when i see you it's on you know what it is yeah you know that's yeah. how the mentality was back then you had to go like that because if i yeah. showed some weakness then i'd have been a mark you know right right so, Anyway, you know, I ended up when I when I uh, got out of that hole, I stayed there for like two days, and then they sent me up to level four, uh, the fourth floor. I keep saying level four, the fourth floor, and I'm on the fourth floor, man. It was some shit I had never seen before. I had been locked up in Maryland jails before, but in Virginia, this shit was crazy. They had six man cells in there. Everybody had a bunk and free phone and cable. You didn't have to collect call nobody. And the most, and you had like hundreds of channels of cable in the room. That's what was crazy to me with a remote and all that shit. It was, it was, that was wild. I had never uh, seen nothing like that, <laughs> you know. So yeah. like, that, that's the the place where I spent. I want to say like uh, seven out of that nine months. So all that other, all that other shit that took place within the two months. I was downstairs and then up on the top floor. So yeah, I got out and. Uh, like, like basically paying that bond put me in in a in a uh, situation where I would get an appeal and I had to come back to a higher court. So yeah. when I came when I came to court at at the higher court, they looked at the time that I had served that nine months as you know the the time that I guess they would have gave me. So you know they just they they considered it time served and just missed it on out. Nice. So I had that guilty. I had that guilty on my record, though. But you know, no more time. I ain't had to go back to jail. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, that's just one of one of the tales from the dark side I've been on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, spent, you know. What did you learn from it? Well, I, like I said, I learned not to be a fucking follower, man. You know, I realized during, during that nine months I was in there how I ended up there and like the reasoning for me being there was not my own. You know what I mean? Once I, that really dawned on me, then I ain't fuck around out there no more. I ain't really kick it with them cats. We ended up like all going our own separate ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't even know, I don't even know them to this day. So yeah. I guess yeah. I grew and learned, you know? Well, that's what's up, man. Sometimes experience, like I said, you gotta learn and you gotta go through things sometimes. Uh, I can't say though, like I said uh, before, uh, I, that shit still took years. I must say that. That shit still took me years, man. You know what I mean? To finally get it right. You know? Hey, some of us are late bloomers, man, when it comes to that, brother. Don't even feel bad about it because probably you needed that. That's part of your journey, man. That's just a part of your journey to where you're at today. You know? Um, 
I mean, that's how I look at it. My situation It's all a part of the journey, right. you know, and it's how you handle it after adversity, you know, and we all went through it. I did the same thing, brother. I, I just ended up still doing knucklehead shit and, you know, just trying to figure it out, you know, uh, the right opportunities weren't there. So I just kept going back to what I knew, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and it cost me a little bit, but I think in the long run, uh, I was able to recognize bullshit when I see it, you know? Right. And bullshit dudes when I see them. You know? I, at one point in time. I forgot the exact numbers, but if, I, if, I, if I'm anywhere near it, I think about all, all the little stints I did in my life, like five months here, nine mm-hmm. months there. That shit added up to like about four and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so uh for me, man, I wanna I wanna thank you for sharing that story. I'm I'm hoping that somebody is listening and, and is learning something from, from your experience. Uh, but I like to uh I, I hone in on keywords. So the first thing that hit me was for me it was I took a bite of my cake. <laughs> you know, you said I took a bite of my cake and went up in there. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Just, that was just my way of kind of like saying, no, I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> you said I took a, I so took a bite of my cake. <laughs> yo, yo, I could picture that. It's like a movie. But yo, I think, yeah. you know, so like on a more serious note, you know, you went through the story kind of fast, and I know you said it was seven months, so that's a long ass time, you know. So what how did you get through that seven months? Like you're in there, you know, the boredom, the loneliness, like what did you do to like, you know, occupy your brain so that you don't, you know, how'd you survive basically in there for seven months? At first I was stressing, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I my brain was concerned on getting out. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I was under the impression that $500 was some short shit and I, I should be out, you know, like and in no time. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that that wasn't happening and the days and weeks kept stretching, that shit was like really, really, really leaning on me. So around the time when the incident happened, you know, with dude and, and you know, the lunch line shit, that, that was right on time for me. Right. I, I had a release now. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had to be good. I was like, fuck being good. I'm going to whoop this nigga ass and take my stress out. You know what I'm saying? And and then when it was over, it was right back, though. The stress, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I can't believe I'm sitting in this motherfucker. And, you know, people look down on you, believe yeah, it or not. Sure. People that's around you look down on you when, when it's like, nigga, you're around 500, you still in here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They start uh, shaking their head at a nigga. So I'm feeling that. And then, you know, like I said, after maybe a couple of months uh, of realizing that the stress wasn't getting me nowhere, you know what I'm saying? I ain't doing nothing, but you know, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't eating. I was in there like, man, fuck. You know what I'm saying? I, I had to, I had to mentally say, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm here. Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? We'll be here to leave. <laughs> you know, can't keep me forever. I know that much. You know what I mean? I ain't got no time yet, so I'm gonna go to court. And you know what I mean? But that's the shit that blew me. I had a long. I had, they they would stretch the court days out. You know what I mean? My court day nine months away. What the fuck? You know, so, eight nine. So, so like, um, I, I go back to Mark's story, and I kind of asked him the same type of question, and he was like, you know, at some point it becomes reality. You know, this is your reality. This is your new norm. Did that take place with you at that point? Like, 
Hey, that, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like you realize you ain't going nowhere. You here, right? you here till you leave. So you might as well adapt. You know what I'm saying. Next thing you know, you you, you up in the child line again. You know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm up watching TV, sitting out there with the rest of the dudes, not tripping. You know what I'm saying, and, and just living my day. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what I do. This 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 is my last question. Then I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> but um. So that wasn't your first time you were saying right, going in there. No. Nah, so was you my- went in there a couple times before. You did a, a month here, month here. Like you said, it adds up. Yeah, it was my first time in that particular uh, jail system going that far. I had been locked up, I think, twice before out there, but I, I had never made it past the the uh, the uh, classification part. Like when you first go intake, intake they call it. You know what I mean? You get right. your fingerprints. You stay there for a couple of days till they figure out where you're going to go. And during that time, I always got out, you know, right. bomb, party, PR, whatever, you know, jail crowded as fuck. So PR, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what? You know what? Man, that's exactly where I was going. So I was saying, all right, this time you was in there. Bell was only $500. You ain't get it. You pissed about that. Like you said, people looking down on you. But do you think not getting bailed out, doing that? seven months giving yourself time to think like why am i even in this situation did, did that play a positive role and you not going back you know what i'm saying like ultimately yeah it did i, I can say it did because you know i had no choice but to reflect all day every day right you know what i'm saying so i know if i if i'd have probably got out like right then and there i probably would have been repeating the same pattern i wouldn't have saw the, right. the, the realness of the situation until i showed up in front of the court Nigga, yeah. I, I, was, I was one of them dudes, nigga. I, I, I'm not soft in no type of way. I ain't no bitch. But, nigga, standing in front of that motherfucking judge, I, I, remember, <laughs> I, I remember I get in front of the motherfucking judge and he got the power to send me away. My knees get to shaking, dog. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in that joint trembling. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's when I realized, like, ultimately, this ain't for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's too late and I'm standing in front of the man right now. I realized, you know what, nigga, this ain't for you. Cause right. yeah, I'm in this joint straight trembling, like, oh shit. You know and luckily I would I would always they would always serve me a loophole. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be it'd be like, okay, we sentence you to 12 months, then you get in the pills bond. Mm-hmm. That's right there. Your pills bond five hundred dollars. So that means I pay the five hundred, then they gotta like basically start over at a, a higher court. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and how it, it would always turn out is no matter how long I stayed in there, they would use that time as my time, sir. I mean, I can remember it being like two or three days, and I'm up against the charge that would have me in there for about a year. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Oh, right. Wild like that. And they would just throw the time served in. Oh, how, how long were you in jail, sir? Oh, shit, three days. Okay, three days time served. Man, but all that did really did was just. Made sure I had an arm full of guilties. Yeah, you know, absolutely, I mean? absolutely. So you know, what I mean, luckily, luckily they had a program in Maryland. I don't, I don't know if I talked about it before. They had a program at one point where they they took people like myself who who all of that shit. I hadn't been in trouble for years. You know, what I mean, over ten years, and they were looking at it like, and they realized like I did that all of those charges were hindering me from finding a real decent job. You know what I'm saying? So. They created this program where you know they take people like me and they they had these uh 
I forgot what you call those people that work with the lawyers, to work for them, you know, do the research. Yeah, yeah, paralegal. 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 yeah, yeah, boom. They had paralegals that would take down all your information. You give them all of the, all of the uh, circumstances and case numbers that you had of uh, past charges and shit like that. I had to do all of that, and uh, outside of the ones they found in the system, and they they fought for me. They they got all that shit expunged. Nice. Yeah, you know, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy as fuck, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was like a blessing. It took, you know, it took long enough, man. It was, you know, a time that, like I said, all of that shit was fun while I was doing it, you know, living that so-called gangster life out there, you know, robbing, stealing, and, and dealing and doing all that type of shit. But then when you straighten up and you're trying to do right and, and, and live like everybody wants you to live and how you know you should live, it's a hindrance because now they're looking at all that old shit like, oh, nigga, damn, you got an arm, you got an arm robbery, you got this, you got that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and just like we, we talked about earlier, some of that shit I didn't even do. Like, I mean, I could talk about this story because, it, you know, it's, it's gone and done. I had a, a arm robbery on me. Damn. I, I didn't even do. You know what I'm saying? It's some crazy shit. You know what I mean? Back in the day, we, we did certain things and you know what I'm saying? I, I I stood the test of time on them things. You know what I'm saying? But it was one particular thing. Like I said, this arm um, robbery is what what had happened was. <laughs> I used to know these people at an apartment complex where I lived at, and uh, it was you know Central Gardens apartment out there in uh, Capitol Heights, Maryland, mm-hmm. and uh, people in the apartment it was a uh, I ain't gonna say their names, but it was a mother the daughter, the son, the daughter's boyfriend, and just a friend of the family. All of them used to trap out of the lady's apartment that lived there, right? So, you know, on on the side, I kind of had like, you know, a little I want to say relationship with the lady. Her her, uh, husband at the time was like down low. He was gay and he wasn't wasn't showing her no attention or affection. Mm -hmm. any male that hung around the house, she would just uh, like go crazy on the low. You know what I'm saying? And I was still a young dude back then. I'm still in my twenties. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you know, so I I knocked her down a couple of times, introduced her to a couple of my buddies and let them knock her down too. You know what I'm saying? She was was that type of person. So since I had it like that, I took the opportunity to grab some work and I would give it to her since they trapping and she would bring my money back dollar for dollar. So, you know, I did that for a few months, you know what I'm saying? And uh, one day I go over there, I knock on the door and I can tell they're in the house, but they're not answering the door. They just peeping through the peephole and I can hear them whispering and shit. I'm like, you know, open the fucking door. What's up? And they like whispering and whispering and shit. And then my next, their next door neighbor was a friend of mine. He came outside laughing like, that's fucked up. What you do, dog? Why you do that shit? I'm like, what you talking about? And, he, uh, and I'm walking away. He coming outside with me. He was like, yeah, dog, they said that you came in there last night and robbed them with a bunch of dudes. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? I, I hadn't done it. I don't know what the fuck they even talking about. So, you know, long story, longer story short, I've come to find out it, it happened, but it was another friend of mine that they were scared of. You know, he was like a notorious type of dude. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. his name. He was real notorious, like for fucking people up. And, you know, he had a body or two around. Yeah. So, so uh, they didn't want to tell on him. And since they knew me and him were Ace Boone Coons, they just said my name. They went to the police and said, mm-hmm. yeah, 
man, they said man did this and they they say we know it was man because in the middle of doing all this he took off his mask and revealed himself you know what i mean they had, they had a statement that said i dragged the mom through i dragged the mom through the house pistol whipping her it, you know what i'm saying till, till i till they came up with the money i took drugs and money and and left the house with me and like three or four other people and i'm like that, dog that's the most incredible shit ever because i know it's a fucking lie right so you know we're gonna fast forward to after i heard the story fast forward to maybe a month later I'm standing out in front of my house, me and that same dude that told me the story, sitting on the front, smoking a J, talking shit. And one of the so-called people that I'm supposedly had robbed, friends, and one of the people that live there comes walking up the front of the complex. They looking at us real mean and funny. And so my man just out of nowhere spoke up, like, what the fuck is up? What y'all looking at? You know what I'm saying? He was kind of alpha. And he was a boxer too. You know what I'm saying? He was like a, a semi-professional boxer, supposedly. But anyway, so so they, you know, longer story short, they square up a little bit and I'm standing there. I got a pistol on me the whole time. So they fighting. They they get the rumbling and my boxer homeboy is losing the shit. He on the ground and he's fucking around. And, and, and when he gets on the ground, the dude that's with him runs up to kick him in the head. So I whip out my gun and right before he, you know, could draw his foot back, I point my gun out. Nigga, you better back up. And, you know, so they he runs off. And I'm already knowing he's going to get a gun. So I'm, they still squabbling on the ground. I put my pistol up, and I'm just letting them, them squabble. They're getting it in, rolling all around, punching each other. And this the other nigga comes back with a gun in his hand. So I whip out my gun, and before I can even cock the shit back, he hands it to the nigga that's, that's fighting. So I'm pointing at him. And he hands it back. So they playing hot potato with the gun. <laughs> I'm pointing at him. I'm like, whoever aimed that shit, I'm going to pop the shit out of them, you know? So we hit all of a sudden sirens. Woo, woo, woo. So I run, they run. I run up in the laundry room, jump out the window, and the laundry room stash my gun, and I run by, right back around the front of the building because I, you know, I ain't really do shit. I just had a gun on. So I'm outside. It's like 18 police out that motherfucker, and they on the opposite side of the street from me. So I'm outside. Like I think I don't know if my little sons was outside, but they were outside, and my my first wife was all of them out, were outside and. I separated from them because I could tell like all of the police were like looking at me for something. I could just feel it. So I started walking up the complex and in a group, like all, I don't even know. It was more than nine of them, I should say. And they started walking the same way I walked, like, but on the opposite side of the street. They didn't approach me or anything, but they're all looking at me, like beaming at me. So I walk up like maybe 10 steps and they start walking up 10 steps and I stop. They stop. I turn back to where the way I went. I start walking back the other way. They all start. Walking. I'm like, hold up, this shit is crazy. So I threw my hands, <laughs> threw my hands up in the air, and I'm like, what's up? And they just ran down. All of them pulled their guns out and they ran up on me. Pull your shirt up. Pull your shirt up. You know, somebody told them I had a gun on me, so I pulled my shirt up. They don't see no gun. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. I'm on my knees. They threw me on the ground. Uh, you know, I got my hands behind my knee. You know, my head. They got their knee on my back, gun in my head, and all this shit. And I hear the police talking to each other. I hear them say, I hope it's out. I hope the warrant's out. I'm like thinking in my mind, fuck, I got a warrant for it. I ain't did shit. So come to find out, they ain't have no warrant out. So they fucking leaving me alone. They walking off, and one of the cops walks up to me and hands me this uh, detective's card and said, you better go talk to him or we're going to be back here tomorrow for you. And I'm like, so I, I called the dude up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What y'all want me for? He said, we need to talk to you, you know what I'm saying, about something. And he wouldn't tell me what. So I said, okay, I'll go down to the fucking station. 
I'm sitting in the station and it didn't dawn on me what the fuck they want. I'm thinking, oh my God, they got me for something I probably did. And you know, this particular time, this motherfucker pops out his mouth, that particular shit. You robbed this person, that person, and this person. And they made stay. He pulled out, he pulled out seven statements that they wrote on me. And for each count, it had a 70, no, it was an eighty thousand dollar bond for each count. And I had seven counts of armed robbery, right? I'm looking at this shit like, what the fuck? You know, he's getting ready to arrest me. So, like, longer story short, I volunteered to take a lie detector test. I volunteered for the shit. They, the police start high-fiving each other and laughing, bro. They think, they, you know, they, they just swearing they got me. You can't beat the lie detector test, bro. I'm like, I'm not trying to beat it. I'm about to tell the fucking truth. You got me fucked up. You know, <laughs> y'all about to take me to jail. I ain't did shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so they strapped me up to the machine, nigga, and started asking me questions. You know what I'm saying? And they even made me write out some of the questions that I wanted them to ask me. The first one I asked, I wrote down, did you rob did I, you know, the, all these people? Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So that's like the second or third question they asked me. And I, I see him looking at that motherfucking response. So they asked me all these motherfucking questions, ended the joint, and they took the machine out, took me back to the little question room. And he comes back in the room and says, okay, so... You passed a lie detector test. So why would all these people make up a lie, you know what I'm saying, about you? I said, I don't fucking know. So, you know, but at this point in time, my, my first wife had came to the station. So she gets in the room. I, I told him to bring her in the room. She calls the dude that told me that, you know, what was going on on the phone. He didn't know that they was listening. You know what I'm saying? She He called him on the phone. And she asked him straight up, like, look, uh, you know what I'm saying? Why, you know, the police got mad. They trying to uh say that he robbed da 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 da, and this motherfucker basically said it. he was like that's fucked up because they know that blah 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 did that shit. They just trying to put it on him because they scared like that. That's all they needed to hear. You know what I'm saying? They know that I didn't do it. They trying to put it on me. He just basically said that shit, so they let me the fuck go. But the problem with that whole situation is they let me go. But they never took that shit out of the system. So it was like 10 years worth of time that I'm like overqualified for these jobs that I'm not getting them. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out what the fuck is going on. Why am I not getting, you know what I mean? McDonald's won't even hire me right now. What the fuck is going on? You know what I'm saying? So I got a print out of my record and I saw that shit on there. And I'm like, what the fuck? I ain't never been arrested for this shit. I ain't never been convicted of this shit. So why is it on my fucking record? Just the, the accusation itself. They were so sure that they had me. They started the paperwork. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? They started the paperwork on that shit. They put it in the system and all that shit, but they never locked me up. They never, like, like officially charged me. I never spent no time in jail. I never went to court. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's some crazy shit. But, yeah, yeah. like I said, when that when that uh little uh program came about for them to uh expunge my charges and shit, that was the first one they got rid of. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, man. So, you know, shit, you know, long story short, your your past can hold you back. I learned a lot from that shit over the years, mm -hmm. man. You know I mean? And realizing realizing that part of it, like that all this time I was like still in the net and didn't know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that shit was hard to hard to swallow. It is. It is, man. And when you pass aggressions, and I'm glad you were able to get those explains, man, because that's a blessing, man. It's a relief. Too. 
and you can walk someplace and, and get the job or not get the job on basically your merit, not something they read, you know? Yeah, true. You know? But, yeah, know, I feel the same way, man, because it's unfortunate you had to go through it, but you went through it. Sometimes you got to look back and say, why did why did I have to go through that? You know what I mean? And there's lessons. There's lessons to be learned. Yeah. Nothing you can do about the past, but you can learn from it for sure. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's just hard for me, like to to really find any any uh glass half full in that particular situation, just because of the fact that my name got brought into something that I officially wasn't in for real. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And and it, it trickled down like a decade later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even a decade later, it was still affecting me, you know, and that was just, you know, that's just like basically one of the joints. You know, I'd have, man, I could go on and on with stories, bro. I swear, you know, PG, PG County Police left my book full. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? PG yeah. County Police in, in Maryland and all the issues I've had, some of them warranted and some of them not. Yeah. You know, but either way, I, I got a book full of them. Maybe, maybe we'll make a, uh, a new uh, segment, <laughs> stories from the street, and do one a week. Yeah, that'd be cool. I just think I just think it's worth telling the story for you know people out there considering getting involved in something like that, or or had a similar experience to learn how you you know coped with that and was able to overcome all of that to become as successful as you are now. You know what I mean? Nice job, living in a nice neighborhood, nice house, nice wife. Kids, beautiful kids, kids, grown kids doing big stuff. I mean, like, you should be real proud. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself. I'm just, you know, happy to have my family proud of me right now. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I'm sure anybody going through anything similar to what I was as a younger dude, you know what I mean? That's kind of like part of the biggest issue of you, anything like me, like, just knowing that. The family, like, well, if they turn their back on you, it hurts so much more that it can kind of keep you, keep you in the same spot. Yeah, you know, I don't know, if people, I don't know if anybody understands that, but it's like, just like totally get it. The oomph that you get from having your family become positive in your aspect right. gives you the energy that you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. To keep going down the right path. That's what. That's what it is. You know. What yeah. I mean? Again, if you don't have that support, that's that's what they say. That shit is very important, having a support base, man. You got to have some people that love you around you to yeah. tell you right from wrong, tell you up from down when you don't know it or when you second-guessing it yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that, that, that goes back facts. to the whole... I was going to say, that goes back to the whole, you know, five $500 bond thing because if it's not your first time, sometimes your family be like, yo... Yeah. How many times we gonna keep going through this? And, and on that aspect, though, I can't. It's just that feeling. Yeah, it was a hard one to swallow. Yeah, yeah, you know? it was a hard one to swallow. But I know that it was necessary. I know it was necessary. You know what I mean? That's, that's the big part of it. It was necessary because that I got my right then and there. I wouldn't have really seen no reason to right. change the aspect of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right. I would have made it much easier up until that point. Like I was saying, I was getting out like. Easy, nothing. PR, you right. know, first right. out here, you know, type of shit. So I had to learn a lesson. And That's I that know. real tough love, you know. Yeah. When they say tough love, this is one of the aspects of tough love. It's like, you know, he, you know, they, they. I'm sure they wanted to, 
But it was like, no, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Next thing you know, we're going to get a phone call. You did, you know? Right, right. So you need to think on this. You need this time. You know, you're safe in there. You understand? They feel that you're safer in there than being out on the streets, you know? It may give you time to think. Oh, shit. Right. Hold on. You know, so it's cool. Right. Yeah. That's lessons learned, you know. Like I said, hope right. you can take from that and realize you ain't got to go through that shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it's lessons to be learned. And I I heard you say earlier that you know you couldn't see the positive side and some of that. But listen, that's when you just dig deep and you look for it because I'm telling you, it was something for me. Oh, like in that in that time. You right, right. I got you. Now I got you. I got you. Cause I was about to say, like, right now you're so like on a positive note. You know what I'm saying? Like you're doing big things. This podcast alone is, is one of your brainchilds. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you just you just doing it big, man. I give you all the respect. Appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you being a part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brings back the old days. You know, That's right. You know, man, on, on the respect and love for that demon I got, you know, it, it, you know, I, you know, uh, we came together just, you know, because I don't know, we just had that. I don't know, we come back east, you know, around the same age, and, and knowing the environments that we came to, you know. And and to see success, because you don't see too many brothers doing this, so it's all being successful out here. So I I thought just somebody wanted to do good and and build their career, and you know I don't mind sharing my knowledge with anybody, but I especially love sharing my knowledge with another brother that comes in same same situation. So I was happy when men get ran. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and like I said, he could have he could have bumped up and you know and out through my way or whatever, but to open up like that and allow me to, to share some of my knowledge made me feel good. Maybe maybe I'm doing something right in this world. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, he's a good like I said before, you know, and then you turn me on to another one. Shout out to Eric Jones. Yeah, yeah. My boy E, yeah, we came through the we came thanks, man. I, you already know some of the stories, you know. We move. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Me and Eric, man. You know. So so you know, like I said, this this was very helpful. I think um I, I just know somebody listening. I know myself personally, you know, I learned a lot listening to both of these these uh, experiences. Now, I can say for myself, I don't necessarily have any experience in that area, but yeah. I do got a lot of experience. So I'm going to think of something y'all can interview me about. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we go from there. Unfortunately, I ain't got none, no story like that. But, hey, hey, please. If I could, honestly... I mean, it happened for me and all that, and I get it, you know. It, but if I could do it differently, right. trust me, I would. I would definitely. And I knew better on a lot of this shit, man. I wasn't raised, you know. I, I knew better. It's just I liked being on the other side of the fence or the tracks or whatever they call it, you know. You know, and now I was drawn to it. 
you know? But again, you have to know when to separate yourself, you know, and I didn't, you know, I, I you know, to, I like being with the gangsters and the thugs and all that. That was my shit, you know, and really not, that wasn't my life, you know, but I was related to them for some reason and I had to pay that price for that relationships, you know, uh, get in trouble with them, you know, uh, you know, all that crazy shit now. But uh, I, I look every now and then. If I did go that route and just say who I was, I would be today. But again, you can't look back at that. I shared a story, a couple of stories of things that I went through in my life, you know, and overcame, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm hoping y'all can use that as inspiration. And I'm actually hoping that you're not going to do anything. You're living your life right. But first off, uh, my co-host, Reeks, you got any, a closer? I just want to say this is a happy Sunday. I just hope everybody is ready for this week and everybody have a great one. I have a great one. About you, Mark. What you got? Anything? If you pull me away from the gym, you know what's up. All right. If I can get you away from the gym, I did something. Yeah, man. We lose them. All right, uh, yeah. All right, well. Oh, hold on, I'm back, I'm back. Anyway, <laughs> what I was saying is, uh, yeah, put the ball away from my team time and do something important, doing something important. I'm happy to be a friend. I appreciate you. Yeah, I really appreciate you, man. All right, folks, I appreciate all my listeners, man. I hope y'all loved the episode, because I damn sure did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up, fellas. So, all right, everybody. One and done. And we out of here. Holla Peace. at you, boy. Peace. Right, peace. Holla. One. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up. It's man's minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up. It's man's minute. Can I get a minute of your time? Listen up. It's man's minute. Can I get a minute your time, listen up now, it's Man's Minute, it's the place to keep aware, keep aware. of the latest news and current affairs, current affairs. listen up now, it's Man's Minute, can I get a minute of your time, listen up now, it's Man's Minute, Man's Minute.